Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you just jump in. My guest this week is Shiva Rajbandari, and he is the first student to be elected to a school board in his home state of Idaho. He is also a climate justice organizer working with the Sunrise Movement, and we got to talk about all of these different issues Shiva is passionate about. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Shiva Rajbandari. Yeah, my name is Shiva Rajbandari. I use he him pronouns. I'm 19 years old. I'm currently a freshman at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill studying public policy and math. I'm also a climate justice organizer with the Sunrise Movement, organizing for Green New Deal for Schools. And I serve on the board uh, for the Boise School District Board of Trustees. I was the first student elected there. So yeah, originally from Boise, Idaho. Um, just really love uh, doing basically anything outside, running, fishing, skiing. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to be on today. That is a great way to get started. And I'm excited to talk with you about your work. So I would love to know more about what inspired you to get started organizing and making change in Idaho and then, of course, around the U.S. Can you tell me more about what inspired you to do this work? Um, I first learned about climate change in seventh grade. Um, And I was actually, as I later found out, I was really lucky to even have a climate education because back then in Idaho, climate change was not part of our state K-12 science standards. Um, And it's used as political football, kind of every every legislative session. But I, yeah, I I took earth science. We spent about two weeks um, in my class talking about like the greenhouse effect and how climate change was going to kill the polar bears and the coral reefs. It was like, it was like, wow, okay, this is happening. Um, So as I started to learn more about the climate crisis, I realized that it wasn't just about the coral reefs and the polar bears, though, right? Uh, I learned about, you know, the water crisis that we're having in Idaho, where we have this massive drought and we have, uh, you know, snowpack loss every year at the places I love to ski and um, wildfires that are, you know, blocking out the sun for months at a time. Um, I learned about the receding Himalayan glaciers in my dad's home country of, of Nepal. Um, that threatened to unleash a water crisis so severe it could destabilize the entire Indian subcontinent, including where where my family lives. Um, And I learned about how really there is one industry responsible for this, and that's the fossil fuel industry. And I remember, you know, thinking about my my grandma, uh, who passed away from lung cancer when I was eight or nine um, in Nepal, which is, you know, a country that that has experienced a lot of pollution um, just in recent decades. And I remember when I realized that like the fossil fuel industry was responsible for her death, right? She died because of fossil fuels. And it just made me so mad. I was just furious. So I did the things that that kind of corporations have been telling us to do since like we're old enough to listen. I started taking like colder showers. I ate less meat. My parents wouldn't let me go vegetarian, but I really like cut down on meat. I um, stopped buying new clothes. I, you know, became an expert in our city's like recycling program. And for about a year, I like lived with this like sense of like climate doomism, uh, you know, feeling like, you know, I even I wasn't doing enough and most people weren't doing as much as I was. Um, and it felt like no one cared. I just felt so isolated and, and scared. And I remember one time, like we were going to drive to Utah 
And I remember just being so mad at my mom for like wanting to drive 400 miles to see her family in Salt Lake City and, and using a gas car to get there. So I, I was just very upset um, and like really like paralyzed by, by this anxiety and fear that I think a lot of us can relate to when it comes to climate change. But in September of my freshman year, uh, something changed. I was walking downtown with my friends after school and I saw a poster that said, it was like this bright yellow poster and it said, Boise Climate Strike in big bold letters. And I remember like, I, I didn't use Google Calendar much of the time, but I put a calendar notification in for this, for this climate strike. I was like very excited. Um, and so that Friday, we all walked out of school and walked down to the Capitol. And I just remember like the Idaho Capitol is built like a lot of state capitals to hide protests. So you actually can't see how many people are there when you're coming up. But I remember when we walked, as we turned left on Jefferson Street, which is the street the Capitol faces, there was this like the sense of like this weight being just like lifted off of my off of my shoulders, um, because it wasn't just like hundred people standing on the Capitol steps. There were like fifteen hundred of my peers sitting there eating their lunches, calling on our congressmen to make to make change and and confront the climate crisis, and I like in that moment, just like felt so empowered and felt, it felt really like maybe there is hope, maybe there is something we can do about the climate crisis. Um, and so after that, I got involved with, with the Sonar's Movement. I attended a training and learned like about the power of collective action and learned how to, um, and learned about like social, the social view of power and how, you know, we give our government basically like consent to control us and we can take that consent away at any time. Um, through collective action. And I, um, you know, jumped in. I, I became an organizer, organized like countless more strikes and protests. And I, I, I think I realized that like, we can do really big things um, when we all work together. Um, and that, you know, the climate crisis, we might spend the rest of our lives fighting the climate crisis, but we're doing it together. And together we can win. That is such an interesting background, and I would love to just have you continue with this story up to the present so we can talk about some of the work that you're doing now. What does your work as a climate justice organizer look like now? So in ninth grade, I got involved with a group called the Idaho Climate Justice League, which was working for a clean energy commitment and long-term sustainability plan for a school district. By this time, I'd realized that like this whole recycling bullshit, this lie that we've been told is like made up and that really the only way we can confront the climate crisis is through government action and holding corporations accountable to the the damage that they're causing our world and so i we started to do that with within our school district and we brought together students from all four uh, of the traditional high schools and the alternative high school at, in our um, school district to call on our board members just and ask for a meeting right we sent um, over 100 postcards we wrote emails um, you know, we wrote letters to the editor and it was just really frustrating because it felt like our school board didn't want to listen to us. Um, you know, we rarely got an email back. If we did, it was just like uh, telling us to connect with someone who we'd already met with. And um, it was just really frustrating. Um, and so then we started organizing, right? We started striking from school, demanding our district act. We started um, getting published in like statewide papers and we were on the front page of like three newspapers we organized a conference with and we invited some of the school board members to attend on the conference and um we built up a ton of student power we started going to school board meetings and, and demanding more from our our board members 
And ultimately, we were successful in passing a collective commitment on clean energy, um, which was the, kind of this watered down version of what we we'd asked for. And it was a win, but it didn't feel like a win. It felt really frustrating because the way our district had gone about it, it just felt like our voices as students had not been listened to, right? Like we were kind of seen as a nuisance and this like passing this like sort of do nothing resolution was like a way to get rid of us. Uh, and so that's when I started looking into like what it meant to be on the school board. We're running this campaign, I had to work with students from around the country, um, from Salt Lake to Carson City to Miami Beach. And in all of these school districts, they had students on their board. And in all these school districts, they were successful in passing real commitments on clean energy. And so I, you know, found out that the school board election was September um, 6th. And I looked in the calendar and my birthday was just seven days before that. So I would turn 18 my senior year right before the school board election. And so I decided to run for the school board. Um, and I challenged a, a, an incumbent who who had been like had ties to some kind of like far right organizations. Um, but I ran on this campaign of tackling the mental health challenges in our classrooms, um, winning a clean energy, a real clean energy plan for our district and, um, you know, real climate curriculum that spans across grade levels and subjects and um, building student voice in our district and putting students really in the positions of power that they deserve to be in because we are the primary constituents of our school board and we deserve to, to be treated as such. And yeah, the community was just really there for it. Um, within just a couple of months, we'd raised over $12,000. We um, had over a hundred folks volunteer knocking on over 6,000 doors. We wrote postcards to like 15,000 voters, handwritten postcards. And we, um, and and come September 6th, we broke the last thing and, and um, won. And I, I became the first student elected to, to the Boise School Board. And so in that time, I've learned like a lot about what it means to like be a leader and be a um, kind of in local politics, um, been able to uh, accomplish some really exciting things related to tackling the climate crisis in our school district. Um, but what I've seen more and more is that like our schools across the country, there's just so much inequity. And if we really want to tackle the climate crisis in education, we have to do that on a national level. Um, and so this past spring, I was I was hired by the Sunrise Movement to uh, help organize on a campaign for a Green New Deal for school for public schools. And this is like a landmark framework to transform America's public schools to face the climate crisis and really invest in fence line and frontline communities that are seeing the first and worst effects of the climate crisis. And yeah, we we organized a summer camp this summer. It was completely free, brought over 150 high schoolers from around the country to come learn how to like organized campaigns, much like I had done um, in previous years, to win real change in their school districts. We are launching this campaign on a national level with the reintroduction of the Greedy Deal for Public Schools Act. Um, so yeah, now at college, continuing to organize for a Greedy Deal for Public Schools, continuing to serve on our school board, and uh, continuing to, to hopefully make change in, in the local community and um, as we build a world that that is regenerative and renewable rather than exploitative and extractive. That's so cool. And I think it's inspiring that you've managed to enact change at a local level as well as at a national level through this work with the Sunrise Movement. Can you tell me more about your hopes for the future of the fight against climate change? What changes are you advocating for and hoping to see when it comes to the climate crisis? The climate crisis is a systemic issue. 
And the only way we can confront it is with systemic solutions. And that's not to say that like, you know, taking action on your own doesn't help, but it it is minuscule compared to what we really need to do to confront this crisis, right? For too long, we've been greenwashed into this lie that like, you know, the climate crisis is your fault and my fault. And it's, and it's not true. The climate crisis is the fault of very rich individuals who have for too long taken advantage of working people and sold our communities down the line for profit. And so the only way we can confront the climate crisis is with action at a federal level, right? The federal government is the only entity with the power um, and scope to uh, to stop climate change at the speed that science requires and justice demands. Um, and that's what we're seeking to do with the Green New Deal, right? This is the only plan to 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 transform our society to to confront climate change, right? And it's and it's going to take a lot, right? We need to change every single thing about our economy, from healthcare, from to to education, to how we generate power, how we get around transportation, um, to how we manufacture our goods, and and how we engage and trade with with other countries. And that's what that's what the Sunrise Movement seeks to do, and that's what uh, youth organizers are are doing all around the world. Um, is demanding more from our governments. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what that's 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 what we're doing on a national level. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. So, I have one more question for you. Lots of young people, especially high school students and college students, want to create change, but they may not know how to get started with that work. What advice would you have for those people who may be listening? Just jump in. Find a, find a local organization. There's so many doing stuff. Uh, really cool stuff in communities across the country um, and and get involved. If, if if you want to start a Sunrise Hub, you can go to sunrisemovement.org um, and, and start a hub in your school and start organizing for a Green New Deal for your school district. Um, but what I think is so beautiful about the climate movement is that there's room for everyone, right? We don't just need people with a loud voice who are like wanting to like march and, and lead a rally. We We need artists and we need musicians and we need engineers and scientists. We need teachers and we need lawyers we need everybody in this movement and it's really all hands on deck um for the fate of of our planet and for humanity and 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 so we 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 can't cut you right this is this is a this is a uh an all-comers team because we really need everybody on board and so just just find find an organization or cause that that inspires you and 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 start start working on it um and and it starts small but it'll grow really quick I learned a lot from this conversation with Shiva, and I think his call to action for everyone to get involved in fighting against climate change is so important. The climate crisis is already and will continue to affect every human being. So it's going to require every human being's participation to combat it. I think Shiva's story is a great example of how change comes when you just jump in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Shiva on Instagram at Shiva underscore Rajbandari to get connected with him. You can also find the Sunrise Movement on Instagram at SunriseMVMT to check out the work the organization is doing. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. 
Tune in for my next episode. But until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.